welcome to Cup Talk. I'm Nick. And I'm Benny. Hey, we got Benny on today. This is actually, like, I feel bad because, like, I've tried to, like, record <laughs> this podcast, this next one. It's, I've been on, like, a month pause, but I've literally recorded. I've, I've uh, wrote notes down and had potential to record, I think, three times in the last month. And it just hasn't happened. And I've, me and Autumn actually recorded half of a podcast and then Brooks interrupted. And that's actually why most of these podcasts don't get interrupted is because his, I mean, okay, December was like busy, busy month for everybody. So it's figured, the Christmas break. Yeah. So I decided to take, you know, I was like, okay, I, I tried to do it twice in December and it just didn't happen. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take the month of December off. And, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone else is busy too. They don't got time to listen to me and stuff. So, um, and then of course, you know, there was hockey going on, but I mean, you had the World Juniors freaking canceled because of COVID. I think that was stupid. Um, you had the NHL basically shut down for the last end of the month because of COVID slash Christmas break and whatever, but. And so, I mean, we're back on schedule, and last week, we actually, was the week that me and Autumn recorded half the podcast, and <laughs> he just got shut down by Brooks, so <laughs> Brooks is worse than COVID shutting this podcast down. <laughs> he runs the show. It It's either he just won't take a nap, or we have to, like, run errands during his nap, or Autumn's busy, or I'm busy, or... I just don't have time, and then it's two in the morning when he finally falls asleep, and oh, man... It's been rough. Sounds like you're just living that dad life. I am living that dad life. That's, that's why, I mean, right before we got on, Benny, I, I'm wearing my, my jersey here, but do you recognize it? Benny? Goofy Guardians. Yeah, my Goofy Guardians goalie <laughs> jersey I got in Disneyland. This is like my first like like jersey I ever had, like real jersey I ever owned. And we got it at Disneyland. Why did you not get one? I don't know. To, to be honest, I... In my mind, I mean, it's a long time ago, but in my mind, there were only Goofy and Donald, and those were the only two jerseys. And one was a goalie, so you got Goofy. And then it was Donald and Mark like Donald, so that's why. Oh, yeah. I think there's other ones. I think there was a Pluto one and a Mickey one, actually, but maybe they just didn't have them right then. But, yeah, this was my Goofy goaltender jersey. I, and, like, I, I've always kept it. And, actually, the only time – okay, I, I, I've not worn – 31 twice in my life. One was when I played in the Salt Lake gold medal games when I was in junior high or whatever. And they didn't have, like, you just got handed a box of jerseys and the number one was the goalie number. So I wore number one then. And then this, this goofy goaltenders Jersey is 32 and I wore it to my first ever practice with my Provo team that I played for Taha, which was actually the first organized team I played for. I mean, I played summers and stuff and here and there, um, did some clinics and stuff. But the first time I was ever on an actual team was up in or down in Provo for Taha. And I, I tried out for the travel team, you know, out there and I, I made it and, um, they gave me my Jersey, like in the middle of the season. And like, I got my Taha like house Jersey and it was 31. Cause that's what they gave, you know, asked me. And here I get my like nice sewn, you know, 32 on my travel jersey. And I'm like, 32? What? And they're like, 
the goofy jersey. I thought you loved 32. <laughs> and they all called me goofy for the first like month of, or I don't know, it was probably a couple months, but yeah. So, but Brooks, we've been watching a lot of a uh, goofy movie lately. He loves goofy movie. And so I busted out this to like, dude, he loves it. He like makes me wear every time we play in the front room now, except for like, he loves to like shoot at goofy. So like, I'll usually he like makes me stand up. I can't be a lazy goalie playing in the front room. And so he likes to shoot at Goofy. So, like, I kneel down and so he can shoot at Goofy. And, dude, the other day he hit me so hard in the nuts. So <laughs> I just kneel him down. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so he finally fell asleep for a nap. So that's why we're recording right now real quick. And, yeah, that's why I got the Goofy Gold Tender jersey on. So <laughs> didn't have time to, you know, change. Not that it matters anyways. But here we are. We got the podcast. It is rolling. We are going to finish it this time. We have a great interview today. Um, a Utah-born kid playing up for the Athel Murray College of Notre Dame up in Saskatchewan. Really a historical school. You know, a lot of history there. I, I, I don't know if Nathan McKinnon went there, but something says he went there, but I don't know. But he could have. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just referencing. You know. So tingle. you. What? I said your hockey tingle tingling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think so. I think something. I could be totally off. He could. Pro- I'm probably wrong. This is. This is where uh, Jay went to school. That you know we play play oh, with. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of NHL players have come through this school. A lot of NHL coaches have come to this school. There's actually been, I think, somebody on the Stanley Cup roster that has been to this school for like the last like 10 years. So, I mean, it's a pretty historical school. So great interview with him, um, Dylan Freeging. So yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment, but yeah, I mean, what's been going on. I mean, hockey wise. I mean, there's, I mean, we know I mean, we played what one game in December. We got one already in January and, it was funny because when me and Autumn were recording the podcast the other day, I mean, we had still not won a game, and we still have not won a game, <laughs> but we have not, you know, lost every game either. So, stupid ties. We tied the other last week. Oh, I hate ties. Hey, hey, it was it was a seven seven tie. It was an exciting game. It was entertaining, and truth be told, I mean, we came back from five. It was five to one us down, and we came back and tied it up. I gotta say. Yeah, we, only we, even went, we even went up there for a moment, didn't we, or no? No, no. We never went up. Yeah, but I let that stupid one in. I should That one that Deitch tied the guy up and it just slid in, I should have had that one. So uh, I was bummed. I mean, they have two brothers on the team that pretty much just scored five of their <laughs> seven goals. <laughs> like St. Bernard score or something? I don't even know. Buenaventura? I don't even know. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure four out of the five goals they scored on me went like posting in. Three of yeah, them were in the, three of them were in the same exact, you know, right under my my glove above my pad, you know, on the left side on the post. So those kids are good. Freaking hate them on the ice, but they're good. Gotta <laughs> respect it, but you hate playing against it. Yeah, they make me. It's like playing against the wiser kids, you know. Like you just get them so mad, but they're they're nice guys. These guys probably aren't as nice as the Wisers, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, I won't be there next weekend. I'll be in Salmon, Idaho. And you guys will 
probably get a win. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, the team's gelling. The team's gelling. So. Hey, we're, we're coming together like peanut butter and gelling. <laughs> peanut butter. Can I get a peanut butter and gelling <laughs> sandwich? Benny, Benny was bringing a whole bag of peanut butter sandwiches before. <laughs> and everyone would be like, where's the jelly? Be like, it's right here in this room. <laughs> We're all getting jelly. <laughs> you, I'll wait for you to bring the peanut butter, peanut well, butter sandwich. Well, I won't be there next time. I got, I got to remember to give you the white jerseys because uh, yeah. uh, next week we'll have to wear them again because we're playing young Kia. So I won't be there. Hopefully we get the W. Hopefully my team still wants me to play goalie for them <laughs> after that. But, yeah, I mean, I'll be in Salmon, which is a fun time youth hockey tournament. And it's just magical up there. Um, we had a youth hockey tournament at the end of the year. And actually, that's what sparked us to record the podcast that we got halfway through. Um, because after that tournament, um, one of the kids on our team got COVID. And they totally just, like, shut the whole team down for 10 days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, which is actually 10 plus, but... That's kind of a little bit ridiculous, and they, there was a lot of things about it that, that really pissed me off. I, I don't know your thoughts on that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I was pretty pissed hey, on it. Here's the way I look at it. Like, yeah, take it serious. Yeah, but to me, I'm like, well, wait two or three days, test everyone, and if you're good to go, you're good to go. And and that's what we did, and we, we tested which I don't love getting tested. I'm more of a, you know, hey, if you feel sick, get tested. If not, but they were kind of being sticklers about it. So um, we all went and got tested. We all got negative tests. And I guess there was some other people on the team that got sick. But every other team that I've dealt with, I mean, we, we played all last season during, you know, back when COVID was pretty scary to some people. And we didn't really know more about it, and the vaccines weren't out yet and stuff. And so a lot more people were susceptible to, you know, a dangerous form of COVID, I guess you could say. And we played the entire season. And if you got, I mean, if your kid got COVID, you know, you just, you did your quarantine and stuff, which back then was like two weeks. But you wouldn't shut the whole team down. I mean, you, you know, if you were around um couple days before maybe you'd do a little quarantine also but if you were good to go you were good to go and this is the first time i've ever heard of a team just like just shutting down it's like nope one kid covered boom we're done we're done we're done and even like i mean there's a lot of teams in the state right now dealing with covid and the eagles are they canceled one practice i do know that because of covid but they only canceled one um lady grizz they actually have some, I mean, well, okay, I'll tell you my my version of Lady Grizz. We got an email from 10U Lady Grizz that basically said, hey, we know you play for the Lightning, or, you know, they didn't say that, but they said, we know some of you play for other teams that are shut down for COVID. This is the only team that's shut down for COVID. <laughs> so um, if you're not participating in those teams, then you should not participate in our team. And that's what the, the younger level of Lady Grizz said, and, and we kind of went back and forth with that coach. And, and Lexi, he said, well, she got a negative test. Well, and they wanted her to test like three different times. It was ridiculous. And it was like, no, we, we did the five days. She tested. She was not negative. I mean, she was negative. So we're good to go. 
And so on Saturday, it was like, hey, you can come practice, but she has to wear a mask on the ice. And I was like, uh, that's stupid. But, I mean, I'll leave it up to Lexi. And Lexi said, nah, I'd rather just not go. So, And we, we told the coach, he's like, oh, they could really use her. And I'm like, well, we put it up to her, and she said no. I'm not going to argue with that. She gets enough hockey. I'm not going to force her into that. And when she played with other Lady Grizz teams, it was like, oh, that's great. And they had some COVID too, and it was just like, and, and this is how most teams deal with it, and this is how most teams should deal with it, is like, hey, if you're sick, do what you're supposed to do, follow the guidelines, but I don't see why every other kid should suffer, you know, for one kid. And hey, so, I agree with that. I'm all, I'm all on board with that. It's like, if you got symptoms, get tested. If you don't and you're around them, okay, wait five days, get tested. All right, you're negative, you're good to go. Like, yeah. We're so far into this, like, we know the route, so to shut everything down really doesn't make sense. But as long as you just do what you're supposed to, and, you know, they know the time frame, they know all that, so you might as well just go that route. Yeah, just use, you know, like, and, like, they, they say, you know, use common sense, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's use common sense. <laughs> it, goes on, it goes both ways, you know? So... I mean, I know it's all opinion here and there, and there's a lot of people. And I mean, the last thing I do is political. I freaking hate politics to the max, and I and I don't do anything I do because of politics. I could care less about politics. I just want everyone out there to know that that you know, I'm not this way about this and the way you know I do what I want to do or I, you know, I think the way I want to think because that's the way I think, not because some right wing, left wing. That's how they think. So. Um, I could care less about politics, really. <laughs> <laughs> the guy I vote for never becomes president. I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> I, always, I always vote, but I always vote for, you know. Ron Paul revolution. <laughs> That's right. I think I did vote for Ron Paul one year. I, I can't remember, but I think I did. But, yep, he didn't become president. So, But in my book, he was the best possible candidate. So, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, we won't get into politics. Politics is about as stupid as COVID. So we're trying to end that conversation right now. But yes, I mean, DC Wind sent out an email that said, hey, basically, you know, if you're sick, stay home. If you're feeling sick, stay home. If you think you're sick or your family's sick, you know, stay home. But we're going to keep hockey going because that's what's important for the kids. And so that's great. And that's what we should do. We are about... We're done with our 10 days, so the team should resume. We still don't have practice on Friday because we're going to Rock Springs this weekend to play a couple friendly games. So, um, yeah, so we're going to go to Rock Springs and play some friendlies, and it's going to be fun. And we're excited for that. We're probably going to go. I mean, we're on the maybe right now, but we're probably going to (laughs) go. Maybe, probably. I think 70% chance. Yeah, we. I don't think Adam's made her mind up for sure, but we're probably going to go. But So that. But let, let me rewind this a little bit and talk about the, the hockey tournament we were in. And so we played in the hockey tournament. It was our, you know, we, we hosted a tournament. It's called the Snow Cup. Autumn made the banner for it. It looks super sick. She made the flyers for it. Um, we helped get some teams into it. And it was a blast. It was a, a three-game tournament, and they tried to make them all, like, pretty. They're, 
the skills of the teams were pretty wide, like the range, but they tried to give every team two easy games and two hard, you know, one hard game, you know, because you can't just play three easy because then you would end up in the semis and not belong there, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So, and then they were supposed to do for the four top teams, we're going to go into a playoff and the four bottom teams were going to do a, like a you seven per play eight and four. Seven play eight and six play five, and then four through one. We're gonna, you know, four and one. We're gonna play two and three. So it was a playoff, and the DC Wind actually ended up playing a, a team that was a lot better than them, and I mean they're more closer to that D two range. Which also I want to say, like, dude, there's so many teams out there. Like, well, what age level is this kid? This team, and it's like, well, they're D one. They will kind of travel, but they're actually really D1. You're like, okay, what's this? Well, they're like a D2, but they're like a D2 plus, or they're like a bad D1. And it's like, dude, just, I'm so sick of this. Like, in between, like, you're, you're, you're an A plus, a B, a B plus, a C, a C minus. Like, every team has a different grade, and every team is afraid to play another team that's not the exact same grade across the board. And so what happens is your, your scheduling is so crazy these days. And I mean, there should be D one D two. All right. You D two and you're really good. Well then you're D two and you're really good. And if you're D one and you suck, well then you're D one and you suck, but you know, kind of just play around that area. And you know, you should know by December 31st, what you're going to be. And stick to that. I mean, that's really why we left DC Wind in the beginning. It's because of all that hoopla and who we're going to play and stuff. And and so, whatever. We're, we're, we're an okay D1 team. I mean, I'd say we're about middle of the pack. We're not the best. We're not the worst. And that's okay. We don't win every game. We don't lose every game. And that's how it should be. But okay. My, Every organization is going to have a different level of D1 and D2 based on the kids that participate in that organization. So you're always going to have good D1 teams. You're always going to have bad D1 teams. I mean, in reality, some area could have a really good, you know, D2 team that's better than a lot of D1 teams. But based on that region, their D1 team is probably even better than their D2 team. Well, yeah. And so Ogden, Ogden actually has four 10U teams. They actually have a travel, a D1, and two D2s, and their D1 team is probably the best D1 in the state. I mean, you have the Grizz that are kind of like a, they're actually travel, but they play D1, so they get all the travel benefits, but they come down and they play, you know, the D1 yeah. teams. I mean, except their A, their A team, their A team is pretty much just travel, but their B team is a travel B so they get the travel benefits, but they play B like they get to play, you know, in-state tournaments. They get to play friendlies and stuff. And it's kind of a gray area and why not everybody does that. I don't know, but I guess it's the Grizz. They do what they want. <laughs> I've heard some things, you know, I'm just saying I heard some things. <laughs> you heard word on the street, but hey, he'll keep it to yourself. Yeah, I, I got nothing against anybody in that Grizz organization. That they're, they're actually really good people and I like most of the coaches that I've met and they got good kids, but I just think 
And that's where I'm at. Like this, like every team is so worried about this team, that team, who's bringing who, who's bringing what, what players are stepping on the ice, who's fadangling rosters. And it's just like, dude, just have your team and play your team. But whatever. I don't make the rules. I don't, I don't make the rosters. I just, I show up and if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. <laughs> It's all about the kids. That's what matters most. Yeah, and so this tournament, though, we had. I keep on getting away from the tournament. And um, we won all three of our preliminary games. And then we won our playoff game. And and Lexi had three hat tricks in four games. So she started off the tournament with a hat trick. She didn't score any goals the next game. <laughs> and then she scored a hat trick. And then it had two hat tricks in one day we played. Or no, no, two hat tricks in two days. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was two days. I think it was two hat tricks in one day. But yeah, so we uh, and we play. We ended up in the number one spot, and so we played the number four team. We won them. Lexi got another hat trick, and then we played the Mustangs in the championship. Which the Mustangs had the hardest schedule probably, and so I mean, if they had a schedule, if they had our same schedule, they probably would have been number one. But they had a little bit harder schedule. It came down to actually we were tied in points because we both went three and three. We were tied in goals four or goal differential. Actually, we were tied, and then it came to goals against, and we had one less goal against than them. So that's why we got one over two. And so we played them in the championship, and we got washed 5 nothing. You know, and that's – it's okay, they're a good team. They are a good team, and that was fine. I mean, Hunter, her Lexi's best friend, plays on that other team, and so I mean, I I, <laughs> I think they they are they're always excited to play each other, and then when the game's going on, it's you know it's fun, and then then right after there's a winner, there's a loser, then they're not so happy they played against each other, or maybe I just know Lexi, you know, <laughs> and then. You know, later that afternoon, they're fine. And that's that's good for kids to have that kind of those feelings and stuff. But the one thing I wanted to point out on this this particular game and throughout this tournament is that Lexi has become a more – she plays hard. I mean, she does play a lot of 12U games with the Lady Grizz. And, like, like on Thursday, she got, she got the old butt check, you know, into the boards by a kid that's two feet taller than her. And I, I was right there on the boards. I saw it, and she got smashed by this kid. You know the old butt check. You know what I'm talking about, like where he just goes backwards and just smashes her with his butt. And I thought she was going to go, like, down or be slow. She came right out. She went straight for the puck, and I was like, right on. She actually got two assists in that game, but I was more proud of her getting hit and not acting like she got hit. <laughs> you know, so it was – it was, and so – there was actually a lot of flack from I know I know there was a lot of flack from parents on the other team about how hard Alexi plays. And I mean, she got two penalties in the game, but she she played hard the entire game, and that's okay. And I don't mind her playing hard and playing with heart, you know, and that's really what it is, is uh, it happened actually the last time we played this exact same team is they our team's pretty good and we 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 do all right in most games, but then we play their team and they kind of they kind of wash us. And so Lexi kind of goes on this like 
I only know because it's it's kind of how I play as a goalie is like you get kind of frustrated and you're like, fine, I'll just do it. You know, I'll do it all. You know, <laughs> usually in a game <laughs> where we're losing like six nothing, I start playing pucks that I probably shouldn't be playing. <laughs> yeah, the bench. Why is Nick out of the net? <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting pissed. I'm like, screw it. No one's going to get the puck. I'll go get the puck. <laughs> oh, we got an icing at the break. Oh, Nick took it. I guess we're not getting the icing. <laughs> Yeah, so Lexi kind of has that, I guess. But I, ne- I mean, I never played much forward. But she just, I mean, she ran over a couple kids, and I mean, she's not that much bigger. And like running over means like, I mean, she knocked them over. I mean, think of two ten-year-olds going at it, and one comes up and one goes down. That's about it. I mean, these aren't. She's not taking her stick. She's not slashing. She's not, you know, cross-checking. She's not doing anything dirty. She's just playing hard. But it is squirts, and so. She gets, you know, like, checking calls, you know, here and there. And I think throughout the tournament she got four, four calls in five games. So that's not that bad. I mean, if Benny gets four calls in five games, that's a success. All right. I mean, physical, I've been pretty good. I haven't got many penalties this year. But I will say, back to Lexi, I think it's important for kids to learn to play hard before, they became, before the game becomes hard. I mean, yeah. I mean, in within a year, I don't know, is it a first year or second year of squirts? Regardless, once she reaches, you know, peewee hockey, like, there is checking. No, no, no. So peewees, there's no longer checking in peewees. You can still play the body and stuff, oh. and, it, and it does, it is a lot more physical in peewees. Like, you're watching a peewee game, there's a lot of, like, bumping and grinding, you know, but a full-on check is still illegal. And I think it's just that the ref can call a kid that knows how to check, you know, and kind of put him in check, you know, for the game. Like, hey, I get you know how to check. You probably have a dad who taught you how to check, and but everyone else isn't there. So he can body up, but he can't check. So Bantams is where, which I think is a terrible rule. They just changed that, and all it's going to do is it's just pushing that stop, that stop sign, like, directly down where, like, you're going to, like, be like, what? I just got railed. And it's like, what happened to you know, just playing the puck, you know, and stuff. And, but yeah, so I, I agree with you that she's getting ready and she doesn't play dirty. And that's what I'm okay with. That is not, if she gets dirty, then I'll call her out on it. But playing hard, I'm, I'm just great with. And I, and I, it, it's like two people going hard to the corner to get a puck. If you're both going hard, you're probably going to run into each other. And guess what? there's a good chance one of you is going to run the other one over because you're both playing hard. Not that you went for the check, not that you are trying to hurt someone or do anything, but the fact is you're both playing hard, you're both going for the puck, and if you're both there, you're going to run into each other. Yeah, so definitely. And and the other thing was is that, I mean, she's playing with heart. You know, that that's something that I don't know if you can teach that. Like, kids that care. Like, they're not... I always get so bugged when I was coaching that, like... You know, it's probably just me, and I'm probably the one that's off, but, like, you lose a hard game, you know, and you got kids that just don't care on the bench, and then they're just, like, you get in the locker room, and, like, you're trying to talk about what went wrong on the ice and what we need to fix, and they're more worried about, you know, dilly-dallying in the corner, talking about some cartoon, some this and that, you know, some app on their phone and they're just not listening. They're still in each other's shoes and stuff. 
And then they, you like, you tell them to stop, and then they just don't care. And then they're like, oh, where's my snack? And then they got the snack, and they're out the door. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And they shouldn't, you know, drag their feet all day. But, like, I mean, just take that, you know, moment in the locker room to reflect on what you did wrong and what you need to do better. Because, I mean, that's life, really. I mean, really in hockey, you're teaching life lessons. And when you make a mistake, you know, sometimes it's okay to be called out on a mistake, you know. And I guess yeah. as people, we're kind of the, or we're kind of that same way. We're like, we don't like it to get called out on our mistakes, and we kind of, you know, but and we all need to be better, I guess. It, you know, realizing maybe we made this, made mistakes. I can't talk here, but mistakes, and you know, fix them and be a little, you know, don't get so much on the defense about it. But yeah, and I love how she plays, and I, there was actually one, one of the games, she. She and this guy were going for, on a racing for a puck, and they were about just past the blue line. But and she kind of took her hands, and like they were one was on her stick and one was free. I guess she's left-handed, so uh, I don't know. And so she kind of like put both hands onto him and pushed him, and he went down. But like you know, she was racing against him, and they kind of were body, and she kind of just pushed him, you know, down, and he did go into the boards, but it, they weren't. It wasn't. Like they were moving like south and he pushed her east, you know, or whatever you want to like, you know, get it. And so he kind of like hit the board with like his, his body, but like, you know, it wasn't like hard. It wasn't malicious. He didn't get hurt. He got right back up and she got called for a check or something. And, you know, and on the way to the box, there was a lot of parents, you know, yelling at her, like leaning over. Cause we're on that small ice at the Steiner where like people mm-hmm. can just lean over and, you know, one parent was like, Lexi, like, call her out by name. You know, we don't do that. Like, you know, and that to me is like, all right, you're looking right at her. You're talking directly to her. Like, you know, and I know she got in the box. And, I mean, these are 10-year-old kids. And you got people yelling down on them from the crowd. I mean, that's that's got to, like, that could, that could rattle a kid, you know. That could, she could go out the rest of the game and just, you know, pitter-patter and or go sit on the bench and you know i don't think she's that kind of player but there's some kids that you know you get yelled at by you know somebody directly at you and it you just shut off and i didn't want that to happen so like i leaned over like i'm sitting down to the side and i leaned over and i was like hey lexi she's in the box at this point and i got her attention and all the parents that were sitting above her are they were yelling at her like look down at me kind of what am i going to say to her and i was like hey keep playing hard good job, you know, and like, just, just to let those other parents know, like, yay, I'll take care of my kid or the coach can talk to her over there, but you know, just enjoy the game and yeah, just enjoy the hockey game. I guess that's what I could say to youth parents is enjoy the game because it's, it's goes fast and I mean, just enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I always think back of that. I don't know if you've seen that video where it's the hockey kid and he's like, I'm so glad the fans yell, shoot. I never know when to shoot, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen it. I think I think I know. I think there's, oh, there's a lot of other jokes about that, but I don't know. I might have to jump on the old YouTube and, you know, find that video. But, I mean, I think back to our dad, and I don't ever remember him, like, ever, like, yelling at me to, like, do something or, like, you know, telling me how to play. I mean, I heard like, go Benny or 
good save, Nick, or something like that. But, like, I never heard, like, Nick, cover that puck. You need to cover that puck, Nick. You know, like, I don't, I don't ever remember my dad ever yelling like that or my mom. And not that my mom or dad or, I guess, both of our moms or dad ever played hockey in their lives. So, you know, but... They, it was more just encouragement, so and I really enjoyed that, and that's probably why I'm, we're still playing today is we didn't have parents that, you know, coached us from the crowd or told us to shoot, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't hear it, but I always remember hearing everybody talk about when I checked a girl in high school, their parents, <laughs> dad yelled, that were great to the parent. <laughs> No, no, no! It was no, no. That wasn't that wasn't the story. You're you're mixing two stories up. Oh, so the the sour the the okay. We can we can go over the girl story first, just to get it out. So Benny checked a girl, and he got her good, you know. And like, I don't think you saw. You just kind of turned around and like, you know, Benny's a pretty guy, stout guy, and he knocked her over. And it was just the the reason why it was a joke is like I don't think you hit her that hard actually, but like. Cody was there. It was in Provo. And Cody yeah, yeah. Was, <clears throat> and Cody was in the game and Cody said, Hey Benny, that's a girl. <laughs> and then the girl's parents were sitting right there by us and they're like, That's my daughter. <laughs> and we're like, sorry, that's my brother, that's our friend or whatever. And we were and like they were light about it. The parents didn't care. It was fun. But the sour grapes um from dad was that was at Steiner. And I think it was oh, really? a and I think it was a playoff game, and the other team it might have been a playoff game, might have not been, but but Kelly was at that one. I know that. I know Kelly was at this one. And I think so, and uh, or maybe it was just Cody. He was always there, but um, they were up, and then they thought they had it, and they kind of had some cocky parents, you know, those ones that just yell, yell, yeah, yeah, like we're talking about, like you know, just like. And they just think they know it so much more than everybody else. And then you guys came back and won. And I think you actually like scored one of the tying goals, the winning goals. Maybe Kyle did. I don't know. And the parents were yelling at the refs. They're yelling at the team. They're so dirty. You guys are so dirty or something, you know. And, like, they were just pissed off they lost. They're just yelling. You know, they're just being parents. They're finding any reason just to yell that they're, the game should have gone a different way. And... And so dad just yells towards the ice, but they're to our left. Sour grapes! Sour grapes! Uh, <laughs> so that's the sour grapes story. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was the sour grapes story. But, yeah, I mean, I don't ever remember dad yelling much, like, you know, about, you know, how to play or what I should be doing on the ice. So I appreciate no, that. Or whatever. So. And I don't think he ever complained either, you know, and about the other team and, you know, and like he never yelled, you know, come on, bad call, bad call, ref, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, the only coaching I think he ever said to me was, I'll give you $100 if you score a hat trick. <laughs> Dad paid you for goals? No, it wasn't he didn't pay me for goals. He said, I'd give you $100 if I scored a hat trick. Oh, did you ever score a hat trick? That game, I got two goals. It was our—I'm pretty sure it was our last game of my senior year. Oh, and I scored two goals, and we ended up losing. Was that the game at Steiner? Was that your last high school hockey game? The one at Steiner yeah. on the small rink? Our, 
in Provo. Oh, probably went to that one too. But the the one at Steiner though, where you played forward, that was one of your last. Was that your last season game, or was that a playoff game against Cache Valley? Uh, I think that was a playoff game, but I think that was the year before. The no, that was the year that Kyle they put you and Kyle on forward lines together. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yes, yes, that would have been. That was a playoff game. It was not the last game of the season. Oh, okay. Probably because you guys won, but that's where we have the picture from the pass from Kyle to Benny, you know, scoring <laughs> that I have on my wall. Actually, it's not on my wall right here, but it's in, on my on my in my front area when you walk in. If anyone comes over, you know, you look at Benny and his glory moment of high school. <laughs> because we don't have the trophy carrying post picture. <laughs> But hey, that's all right. I, the, that pitcher's better, in my opinion, than the the trophy pitcher. So yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, that's that's youth hockey. What we got going on. I mean, that's what I want to say about that. Two cents about tournaments and and we're going up to Salmon. It's magical up there. It's cold, but it's so much fun. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get up there and just have a blast. I mean, the, the did you ever? You never played in Salmon. I never played on a travel team. Well, I mean, the, well, now it's that the D1 teams go up there usually. So, so. Vernal, furthest we ever went, and it was like once in a blue moon. Yeah, and we, I guess I never went to Vernal or, or I don't think Vernal existed when I was younger, but I didn't go to Vernal say, or Salmon. Makes me think that maybe I didn't even go to Vernal. For hockey. No, you did go to Vernal. I remember you guys saying you guys went to Vernal. So, but yeah. So, I mean, we can move on. I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, we got Salmon next weekend, and we got Rock Springs this weekend, and then the weekend after that, the Lady Grizz are going to Vegas. But I don't know if we're going. I don't think we're going to that one. Um, and then the week after that's Idaho Falls. So a lot of traveling these next couple weekends, <laughs> a lot of yeah. tournaments. So it'll be fun, and I'm I'm excited for it. Not really happy with the, you know, way the team handled COVID, but we'll get over it. <laughs> we'll get back. I've I've been trying to avoid talking about COVID on this podcast for like ever, and you know, I just boiled over. But but also, I'm pretty sure just to like say this but like i'm pretty sure this is like our one year episode like like i don't think it's one year to the date but this is our anniversary episode so maybe maybe not maybe not maybe it's next week actually it'll probably be next week (laughs) so we'll we'll get we won't get your hopes up yet but yeah so um jump over to high school hockey's back rolling um I don't really have many updates other than I know they're rolling. I, I watch a couple games here and there. I watched um, Copper Hills play Riverton on Monday. Copper Hills ended up getting the win. Um, you bet they stream all the high school games. You know, I, I miss the streaming. Like, I miss everybody streaming. I mean, I'm glad that everyone can just go now. But I do miss so many teams streaming. And there are still some high school teams that do stream every game and God bless those people that you know are streaming those games because there's a handful of people that just thank you over and over and over. And like, if you're streaming a game that my kids at, I'm sharing your stream. I'm I'm sending it. I'm telling the whole family we're streaming the game. You know, I'm just glad you're not the one doing the video. 
I did stream a game in December that was terrible. <laughs> I am a terrible streamer. I, I will say that. You can tell the streamer is more into the game than streaming it because 30% of the game, you're on the ice, the end of the ice, and nothing's happening. And if anything exciting is happening, like a breakaway, most likely you're not seeing it because the person is watching it in real time and not focusing on making sure the camera's there. So <laughs> trying to watch it with my own eyes, you know, I, I, I try to get a lot of like pictures and videos of Lexi, but I also try not to, you know, watch the game through my phone also. So I, I am not a good streaming recorder, whatever you want to call it, cameraman, because yes, there was a couple of times where I'm down on the, you know, the left side of the ice puck goes down to the right. My eyes go to the right. But the camera's still just chilling on that goalie, you know, just getting a drink of water, <laughs> doing circles around the ice, and like, oh so, shoot! And then the, the like the back and forth really jiggly, and there was one time halfway through the stream, like something popped down that was like, "Hey, would you like to add people to this like stream?" And I just like tried to swipe it up, and when I swiped it up, the whole camera flipped. But then I didn't want to record it that way, and everyone, and it was just like I can't, couldn't get it to flip back, so. I had this one parent that was just like, what's wrong with the camera? Turn it back vertical, turn it or horizontal. Come on. What's going on here? And I'm like, lady, if you wanted to watch this game that bad, you should have been in the game. <laughs> uh, that's just thing. I will say props to those people that do it and do it on a regular basis, because I'll be honest, like I loved it. Not that, you know, I can't, I can't not go to Lexi's games, but it's like, Sometimes those early morning ones and it's like, oh, I wake up and I'm like, oh, the game's starting. It's like, I know I can turn it on and watch it and then I'll watch it. And it's so easy and convenient. And so it's like to be able to be like, oh, well, we're kind of bored. Like, well, let's see what game's on. Boom. To be able to turn it yeah, on. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I wish on Facebook, you just like stream down on Saturday morning. Like, oh, this person I know has a kid's playing. I'll watch their kid's game. Because last time we went to Rock Springs, we watched one of Stevie's games just laying on the bed. It was like, hey, we got nothing else to do. Let's just watch a youth hockey game. So, And yeah. they streamed it. And So um, I did know that like, um, if you're back east, like they they have like a hockey TV or whatever they call it. Or they have other things. It's called Barn something, Hockey Barn. But basically every rink has a camera in the rink that just follows the puck back and forth. I guess, and you can mm -hmm. just you pay for like a six dollar subscription or whatever it is, and you can just watch any youth hockey game you want. Yeah, see so. me. I wish that in Utah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push for that. You know, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but you know, we're gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, even if it was just like a a camera that was stuck still, you know, that showed the whole ice or something, you know, like. One of the one of the girls on Thursday, her dad took two GoPros and just like um, suction cupped them to the two corners of the ice, mm -hmm. and so he got the whole game from the corners. Nothing had happened in the center. He just basically got the goals. But yeah, you know, I don't know if he streamed that or if he posted it later. But um, yeah, my my also problem is like. I wish I like the. I mean, I, w I would love to be the guy who's commentating, but like, I probably would be. I'd probably offend a lot of people if I did it. Oh, geez, I remember Aaron commentating back in the day. wasn't <laughs> wasn't the, the commentator for his own team. 
<laughs> oh, see, and that that's great. I, I I like an honest commentator. And Aaron Aaron, when he streams games, he does kind of do the commentating. And I mean, I don't think he's a real color guy, but he he lets you know who has the puck, who's you know passing it. So I mean, that's basic information. But like, I I, w- I want to get in there with a real headset. Like, hey, I'm just gonna own this one, you know. <laughs> I'm here, there's a difference between commenting and then your own commentating, where it's like, "Oh, we missed the puck. No surprise there." <laughs> I like it. I like the honest commentating. I want to. I want to know how you really feel about this game. You know, those are the best kind of commentators in the NHL. The ones who like, you can always tell the guys who like they're rooting for the home team to win, and like anything the other team does is totally dirty, and like. Come on, I want an honest, honest commentator. So, see what we can get done. But yeah, um, we can we can be done with youth hockey, high school hockey. Um, uh, let's see, Weber State and BYU and Utah State are all back playing hockey. I think UVU is back playing too. So, college is back and rolling. Um, I know Utah State won last weekend against BYU. That was a big win. I think. That might have been the first one this season. No, I think maybe the second one. But the rosters kind of change different when the semester changes. I know that because I think we have a ex Weber State guy, you know, filling in on with us. So I think he played the first half of the season, and and I don't think he's playing the second half. So yeah, our benefit. But yeah, so and then Utah Grizz, um, Utah Grizz are doing real good. They're actually tied. For first in the ECHL. So I would say, from what I've seen, it's like, you know, they're, it's not like a, a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. It's like win-win-win-loss, win-loss, win-win-win-win. Like, they're, they're doing fairly well. Like, at the start of the season, it seemed like they struggled just a tiny bit right at the very first, you know, start-start. And then they've just kept on the train rolling. Yeah, and, and Idaho's there kind of like, like arch rival, I guess you want to call it. And they haven't played them since the beginning of the season. And Idaho actually jumped above in the standings, but then Grizzlies kind of went on a tear and just totally frog leaped them by a mile. And they've, they, they've played them three times in a row, and then they're going to play them three times at home this weekend. So they did lose two out of the three, one in a shootout. So they got, they got you know, 50% of the points available. They got three out of the six available in Idaho. So now they're coming back here and they play Friday, Saturday and not Sunday, but Monday for the Grizzlies. So good games coming up this weekend at the East center or no Maverick center. Sorry. I'm <laughs> going retro there. The the Maverick center. Um, so get your butts to those games. Give me good. Um, I don't, we were planning on going tomorrow, but I think we got to go to Paisley's play. So, because we're going to be out of town on Saturday. So, are you going to Paisley's play tomorrow? <laughs> we might be going tomorrow, actually. All right. Well, I guess we'll be there instead of the Grizzly game. But <laughs> I actually think our tickets are for tomorrow as well. So, okay. Well, guess better it. double check. <laughs> yeah, so I won't be the Grizzly game. So, you know, you got to do the family thing sometimes over the Utah Grizzlies. You know, it doesn't happen often, but I won't be there. And then Saturday we'll be up in the Rock Springs. And so I might just have to catch a Monday 
night game. Yeah, Alexis got practice on Monday, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what's going on with the Grizzlies. I did also want to mention that the Vernal Oilers from Utah, um, they're up on a big, long, I think, 10-game road trip right now up in Canada. So they've been killing it, you know, at home. So we'll see how they do on the road. Good luck to them. I know they did lose last night, so hopefully they can turn around quick and get a couple more Ws. So good luck to them on the road. Um, yeah, and I guess it's just a break for our interview here with uh, Dylan Freegang. All right, Dylan. All right, today on the podcast, we got a very special guest from the hometown boy. You're playing up in Saskatchewan now. We got Dylan Freegang. What's up, Dylan? Not much. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How's how's things out in Saskatchewan? You still in Saskatchewan right now? Uh, no, I'm back home in Utah. Oh, you're back but, home. Yeah, I'm back home, but uh, it's cold. It's very cold <laughs> up there. It's it, I mean, it's probably nice and warm out here, you know, compared to what it is up there. Yeah, it's it's still coldish here, but what makes Saskatchewan cold is the wind. Oh. The, the wind plus the cold. It's, wind chill is not fun. Yeah, I can I can do like negative temperatures all day long, but once you throw in that wind, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the wind isn't the is not fun. So you don't do a lot of outside skating, is what you're what you're telling me. <laughs> well, they last year they had a rink out at my school, but uh, this year they did not. So. But if it was out, I would be skating in it. <laughs> nice, nice, cool, cool. So, so how's the season going up there? Uh, it's going pretty good. So last year, because of the COVID and everything, cancellations were there. Only got to play six games, but I think now I'm at twenty games, and uh, it's it's going great. I mean, I love my coach and my teammates, and the season's just going great. That's awesome. How how old are you? Like what level? Like are you? What grade are you in school? So I am grade ten, but I am oh five, so I'm really the age of a grade eleven. Oh okay. And uh, I'm playing second year midget, so U eighteen, triple A. Okay, and for everyone who doesn't already know, he's playing for the Notre Dame uh, Hounds up there. Yeah. How, what, what, what's the like the official name? What do you what do you say? Like Notre um, Dame of I forget. <laughs> Apple Murray College of Notre Dame. There you go. Cool. Yeah, there you go. But so we're the the in the, the CSSHL league. The uh, pre, the way we say it at the school is the the prep team, and we are the U eighteen AAA Hounds. Okay. Nice. So. So being back in Utah, are you back here for the holidays? Yeah, I'm back here till January first, and then I'm off to school again. Nice. What, what's your favorite part about you know being up at school or that school? Um. Well, the hockey is awesome. It's <laughs> a high level. It's fast, it's competitive, and super physical. But it's also the experience of getting up at six a.m. and you know, eating a breakfast and then skating or working out and then heading to your next class and being part of the culture that is Notre Dame is probably my favorite part, having the history there. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it's probably one of the most storied, you know, hockey schools out there. I mean, there's a lot of NHL alumni and just, you know, great people that have gone to that school. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a great place. And we, all the alumni that have been through there, even if they haven't taken their hockey careers farther, farther, you know, we still base how we should act around them and how we should live on like them because they are so successful and we can learn from them. Yeah, that's a big thing I, I, I've heard from people that go to that school is it's, it's more of a culture thing, not just that it's great hockey. It's more of the way you carry yourself, you know, day to day than it is how you perform on the ice. Yeah, it's uh, one way that our, some of our coaches and teachers describe it and the alumni sometimes describe it as you go there for four years, but, you know, it stays with you forever. And even if you go for two years, it still leaves an imprint and makes you a better person, but as well as leaves the history with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, it's absolutely awesome. So what, what took you to Notre Dame? Like, let's, let's talk about that. How did you get to, you know, that, that spot in your life? <laughs> well, I think at the age of 12, I left for Colorado to go play for the Thunderbirds and I was there and it was, it was all right, but you know, I felt like I could do more. So I left up to BC to go play for Delta hockey Academy. And even that, again, it was a great place, good organization, but, uh, I felt like I could be somewhere better. So throughout the year, as we were playing different teams in the CSSHL, uh, Delta, my team went to Saskatchewan and we played the hounds at the home, at their home rink. And, as I was playing, you know, I saw in the stands there were all the students wearing all red outfits and going crazy whenever any of the hounds scored. And I saw the rink and all the pictures of the alumni and the great hockey players. And in my mind, I just said, I want to go here. You know, it's so I set my goal there and found a way in and decided to go up. And, I mean, it's been one of the best experiences of my life so far. Dang that that that's that's crazy, you know. <laughs> you know, you always wonder how people end up at these, you know, awesome places, and that's kind of a cool thing. So, so at twelve, you moved yeah. to Colorado, though. Let's let's talk about like like let's reverse it a little bit. How was that? Um, it was good. I mean, I had, you know, I had some good coaches, good teammates. I've got those teammates that are playing other places, and it was. I enjoyed my time there, you know, lived in an apartment and went and trained and <laughs> at the old Foothills Brink in Colorado and had tons of fun with my teammates, got to travel everywhere and play with the Thunderbirds and I enjoyed it. But, you know, like I said, I felt like I could have done better and went to Delta. And Delta was, it was kind of eye-opening when I finally got up there and made the team because I hadn't realized how skillful some of the hockey in the world can be saying, holy cow, that. So um, you obviously know Connor Bedard, correct? Yeah. Yep. So I was up there skating um, at a camp and Connor Bedard came on the ice. And everyone said, oh, that's Connor Bedard. But I, I had no idea who he was until afterwards. And I realized that's, best player at my age 
Yeah. Wow, he's really good. I mean, he knows what he's doing. And I, I looked and I said, wow, that is – I'm shocked. I was surprised, really, to see just how good, you know, hockey could get. Yeah. And being at Delta playing against really good players, kids that are signed in the dub, I mean, that was – that was crazy. Yeah, he so. Connor Bedard, he just made the juniors team as a 16-year-old, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, only like one of five or six people to do that for Canada. So, I mean, that's, you know, just put in perspective of this this kid you're talking about, if ain't nobody, you know, knows who that is. but Yeah, he's uh, best 05, I think, in the world, correct? Yeah, he'll probably be, you know, in a few years when draft eligible, he'll probably still be at that, you know, spot. So Yeah, I mean, he's... He's not going away. He's going to the NHL for sure. <laughs> well, let's hopefully we're talking about you, you know, in a couple of years, you know, hitting that draft. Is that your goal? Um, I think it's most kids' goal to, when they play hockey, to go, I want to go to the NHL. But yeah. I'm, right now I'm focused on what now is and, you know, next year. And when the time comes for the draft or, you know, my next step four, I'll worry about it then or think about where I'm going to go. But as of right now, it's a few years away, so I can just focus on myself and, you know, get better as myself. That's, that's an awesome way to think about it. And I think there is a lot of people that think too far ahead and they got their sights, you know, set on something that's, that's you know, it, it's achievable, but only if you take every step, you know, along the way. And I guess you got a pretty good mindset, you know, where you're looking at your, you know, your next step, not, you know, 15, 30 steps ahead of you. So I think that's a... Yeah, and there's not there's nothing wrong with looking ahead that far, but I prefer to just put all my energy into the moment and see where I can go from there. I think that will, will lead to a more positive outcome no matter where that is, you know. Because if you're always looking for, you know, NHL first line, you know, whatever you want to be, like, that's a, that's a that's a pretty steep goal, and you know, not everyone achieves it. And you hear about so many people like having breakdowns and stuff because they didn't become, you know, the next Sidney Crosby <laughs> because their mom or dad oh, yeah. told them they were going to be, and and they didn't achieve that. So I like that you, you know, you're thinking about tomorrow, next year, this year, you know, obtainable goals. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, on the point where you said, you know, it's uh, wanting to be first line. You know, the way I see it is the goal is to make the team. And even if you're, you know, fourth line or you get played less, if you make the team, then you can say, okay, my next goal is to make the next line or the next one. And let's say you are the top line, then you can say, how do I keep my position? How do I play better? Because it's almost like a, uh, I forget the name of it, but uh, the first line guys are there for a reason, but the guys underneath are going to work harder and harder and harder to get to that first spot. So it's an always improving team dynamic. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, I think that's a, I think that's great advice for any kid that, you know, that's looking to try and make a team or, you know, trying to be that top player on a team. But so I mean, growing up in Utah, I mean you you're you're from Utah, right? You were born here. You you played. Yeah. What where'd you play youth hockey at? Um, a few years ago, so I might not remember everything perfectly. But uh, <laughs> I think I played my first 
bits of hockey uh, in squirt and mini mini mites. I think is what it's called. They in Canada they call it Adam, so it's all confusing. <laughs> uh, I think I played squirt for a Golden Spike for two years, and then I played mi- or mini mites. Yeah. No, it goes it yeah. goes it goes mini mites mites squirts peewees. Okay, I played mini mites, golden spike, mites, golden spike. Then I played mustangs for squirts, but ended up playing peewee instead. So I played peewee a year, or two years early. Okay. So I played peewee at the mustangs for a year. Then I went to the eagles for two or three years, I believe, for peewee. And then I left for Colorado uh, for second year Pee Wee. Finished my Pee Wee there and then went to Delta for Bantam. Awesome. So when you were moving to Colorado and to, it was, you said it was uh, BC, right? Yes. Okay. When you're moving there, are you moving there with family? Or are you moving there like with a billet kind of thing? Or is it kind of a housing with the team? So Colorado, I was in an apartment with my family. And then when I went to BC, I lived with one of my teammates for a year, and then I left. Okay, so your whole family just picked up and moved to Colorado. Um, not entirely. We okay. still lived in Utah, but we just had a cheaper apartment. Uh, oh, for like, for like the weekends, or how? I mean, what was it like a sixty forty split? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would stay in Colorado the full time besides you know Christmas breaks and stuff yeah and one of my parents would switch off oh you know every every once in a while and take care of me so man that's that's some sacrifices from the parents there (laughs) yeah you don't really realize it at a young age until two years later and you go holy cow wow they really dedicated a lot of time towards you so that's that's awesome. Has your parents been able to come up to to Notre Dame to watch you play at all? Um, my father has not because of restrictions. My mom, yeah, once I think or twice, but that's about it because it's COVID's and been getting worse and worse. Yeah, so it's uh, harder for them to come up, especially because my mom's Canadian and my dad's getting older, so it's harder for him to travel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's 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 awesome sacrifices for your parents, and I bet it's really hard for them not to be out there, you know, all the time watching your games and all that. Yeah. Well, it's, what's great now is that there's the hockey TV streaming service, so yeah. they can, you know, watch my games and still give me advice. But uh, <laughs> they, now they don't get to be there in person. So, who who gives you more advice? You know, your mom or your dad? Uh. Probably my dad gives me more hockey advice. Oh, there you go. Your mom. My mom's there with the emotional support. Hey, they're both important. They're both, I think, equally important. Like, and that's one thing about like hockey, and I guess any sports is it's an emotional game and it's a physical. Like you know, what you do on the field or ice. An extreme mental game, in the fact where you have to to know where to go, but also know the right play to do, make the right pass, or. At some points or at some levels, you just go, okay, hey, well, it's my puck. I'm skating with it. <laughs> not, not passing it, my puck. Oh, that's, I mean, some kids don't don't know when it's their puck. And, I, I mean, my my daughter, 
she's a good playmaker, but there's sometimes I'm like, you just need to take it sometimes. Like, and she, she likes to pass. And so <laughs> her coach even yeah, tells I mean, me all the time, like she needs, she needs to just shoot more. And I'm like, I tell her that all the time, but <laughs> I mean, as a, as a kid like that, you know, I playing in Utah, I would, you know, shoot score and, you know, be able to carry the puck wide or through a bunch of kids. But I remember one of my favorite things was just making that perfect pass right to the kid back door. I mean, that was fun. Yeah. And I still struggle today occasionally with, you know, passing too much or trying too hard to make the right play instead of just in a way dumbing it down. Yeah, like don't 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 complicate the game. I mean, it's it's a simple yeah. game. <laughs> I mean, we always try to complicate a little bit too much, but that's yeah. that's awesome. So, is there any coaches that like really helped you along the way of getting you to where you are now? Well, I mean, I've had some amazing coaches. Uh, I mean, I've had my dad as a coach, and he was the one who really, you know, started me along the path of high-level hockey and then do you know Mariko at the Miss Mariko at the ice sheet yeah she, yeah I mean she was one of my first skating coaches she was awesome and super kind so she helped my dad helped um I occasionally had a few private coaches that helped me tons and once I got to Notre Dame the coaching took another step up because I had uh Jeremy Millamuck, he was my coach for my first year in midget. Awesome coach. I mean, I've, you know, he's great. He's smart and he gives you advice when you need it. And this year I have my coach, Dion Edison. He's, I mean, he's probably the most players coach I've ever seen. He's, <laughs> and he understands, you know, how my brain works and he helps me a ton with it. So I, you know, all my coaches have helped me get to where I am now. That's awesome. And, yeah, I mean, every kid, I mean, is there any advice you got for a kid here in Utah that, you know, that wants to go play at one of these schools that just, you know, seems like it's just so much, you know, such a hard path to get to from here? Well, my, the thing that let me get out of, you know, Utah in a sense is, Every day for, I mean, 10 years, or actually 11 years, I would skate Monday, Wednesday, Friday at Stick and Pucks, and I would you know go around cones, and I would work on stuff. I wouldn't skate in a circle and shoot. I would, you know, work on stuff. I'd do tight turns in the corners, or I'd come out of the top of the circle and focus on hitting the corner. And... It's harder now because there's lots more kids today, but if you're sort of dominant enough on the ice, if you get there 15 to 20 minutes early and you set up your cones and you're doing your thing, no one will bug you. And, you know, I'd skate Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I in between those days I would be on concrete with a stick handling ball, stick handling every single day for an hour and just, getting my hands to a high higher level than was for my age and you know being able to pick a corner every single time that's that gives you the tools necessary to say okay you know I want to go play here and when you go there to try out 
they're going to say, okay, a kid from Utah, wow, I mean, he's better than anything we've ever seen. He's, you know, he or she are good at stick handling. They can shoot. And everything you've practiced has to come into play. And that's how I got out of Utah. Just years of work. <laughs> On your own. Like, you had to do it yourself. Well, I mean, well, you had help. But... With, me, with me, I had, you know, my dad there to keep reminding me and have my – my parents were a huge part of me leaving, always driving me to skates and having me work hard. But if I didn't do it, if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't have improved. So there has to be that drive to be better. From from yourself, you know, not because your dad from, wants you to be in the yourself. NHL or your mom it wants can, you to be it there. Can, it can never be your parents saying, I want you to do better. It has to be yourself saying, I want to do better. What can I do to be better? That's awesome. I think that's a good thing for kids to hear. And hopefully, you know, some kids will hear that and, you know, you know, Maybe show up, stick and puck a little earlier and get their cones out. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, as well as it carries on into life as well. You know, saying, I want to make that job, you do everything to make that job. It, that's what's great about hockey, is that it takes so many skills from that and puts it into actual life effect. Yeah, totally. I. I, I agree with you 100%. And I think you're wise beyond your years already. I think that's awesome, you know, just listening to you talk and stuff. So, I mean, coming back to Utah, because, I mean, that's where, you know, we're from and that's where we're, <laughs> where we're talking right now. But how do you feel like the state of the game is, you know, it, right now here in our state? Well, it used to be, I feel like there's tons more kids than I've ever seen because I've been gone for about four or five years and now I realize when I used to go to stick and puck there was you know 10 people max and that was a crowded day and I just went to stick and puck yesterday and there was 30 kids on the ice yeah and they were all young so I see that the hockey community is growing very rapidly and, I mean, that's a great thing. Tons of new skill coming into it. And I've noticed that the, some players that I've seen, you know, when I was younger, I see them now, and they're way better than before. So the hockey in Utah is evolving, really. It's becoming better and better each day. So do you think that, you know, it's someone's best interest still to, like, go pursue their hockey outside of Utah? Or do you think there's teams right now growing in Utah that are, you know, able to facilitate that high-level skill? I think as of right now, you know, at a young age, to truly get looked at or, in the words, scouted or, you know, find a place to play, it would be better to leave. But I assume in, you know, 10 years, 15 years, there will be some really good teams here with the growth of growth of hockey and, you know, more players to pick from creates better teams. Yeah, definitely. So that's uh, why, you know, you have, if you compared, you know, Utah to BC, BC is just has so many more people and it's, well, it's a bigger hockey community for sure, but there's so many more people. You're going to get better players from there. 
Yeah, and and going to these other hockey markets where you've been played, what 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 is the one thing Utah needs, or a few things that Utah needs? I mean, you're out there, you're playing, and you're like, oh man, if Utah just had this, or you know, if they had more well, of this, I would say more rinks, but you know, I'm pre- the rinks are very accessible in Utah. I mean, they're in Salt Lake. Uh, I think there's one in Park City, one in Ogden. They're everywhere. And I think Utah has all the resources it needs to be a great hockey state. It just needs that culture change where, as in California or let's say, I, you know what, I bet you, I bet you if Utah got a hockey team, there would be tons more hockey. Yeah, like if an NHL an, team. If there was an NHL team, flooding of hockey players yeah and i mean we got we got the grizzlies and it's kind of been you know they've kind of been jumping down the stairs you know kind of so to say i mean they started the ihl then they're down to the hl and now they're down to the echl and hopefully they can bump it back up to that ahl because i do think that has a lot to do with that where people aren't supporting the grizzlies as as much as they should because it is Mm -hmm. pretty fast it's pretty good hockey i mean well it is it is a pro league. It's yeah. professional. It's one it's one league down from the AHL or yeah, AHL I believe. That's yeah. that's two away from the NHL. They're very good, very fast players in that league. It's just I don't think people realize, you know, how close that is to you know, NHL hockey. It's still pro hockey. Well, you got but, people, you know, on those teams, those CHL teams that are coming from schools like Notre Dame. I mean, I don't know if there's any hounds on the team right now, but there's a lot of kids coming from these top tier juniors teams or college teams coming to play for the Utah Grizzlies. So you got yeah. guys that are playing with other NHL players that are in the NHL and on those same teams, you know? Well, yeah. And I mean, players from, the Grizz and you know every team in that league are going up to the AHL and I mean the number one draft pick from last year for the NHL is playing in the AHL right now. yeah so I mean the, I don't think people see how close it really is to yeah. you know best hockey in the world <laughs> so hopefully we can get some more support I mean I've been going to a lot of Grizzly games and they've been a blast they're actually number one in the league right now so yeah that's great I mean their head coach is awesome, and I mean, they're a fun team to watch. So, they're they should be getting more support as the hockey community grows. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the one thing that needs to like? What's the one thing that needs to leave the hockey community here in Utah? Is there like a? a I mean, you just, let's just be honest. Like, what's the one thing that like, like that's a bad thing Utah hockey has? A bad thing hockey has in Utah is parents getting too involved with the kids hockey you know when you're when you're a kid playing hockey you don't for me I didn't like it and I still you know never ever let my parents talk to my coaches ever and when a parent's you know from personally if I was a coach and I had a parent come up to me and say you have to play my kid more that would just almost make me not want to play them at all. Yeah. So when when parents stay out of kids' hockey, it lets the kids develop by themselves, but as well as 
learn what the coaches are teaching. So it's not, in, in a way, it's like the parents are driving the hockey more than the kid. So that, that's I like... think parents <laughs> interfering with the hockey is what needs to go. That's, that's awesome. I love that you say that. I try to, you know, not interfere. I, mean, I used to coach and I loved coaching, but now I'm not coaching. And that is a hard thing. I try to, you know, I probably need to be better at it myself where I, you know, have a problem with the way the coaches are doing it. But I try to, you know, every time I let the coaches like talk, I'm like, Hey, I'm pretty, I'm only going to give you my two cents if you want it. <laughs> I've been trying yeah. to, you know, well also as a parent, you know, if there is a problem on the team, that doesn't relate to hockey. So if let's say there's a kid being a jerk to another kid on the team, you know, if if the kid can't solve it, then you say, okay, you know, then the parent can step in. But if it's a kid that's, you know, seems like they're getting less ice time, I'm pretty sure the coaches are, you know, playing the kids pretty fairly. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome, Dylan. It's been great talking to you. Is there anything else you want to shout out, you know, say on the pod? Nope. I think uh, I think I'm pretty satisfied with what's here. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this. This has probably been one of my favorite interviews I've had, and I think you're wise beyond your years. And I, you know, I, I've talked to your mom a little bit, and she's wanted to let me know that you were up there playing. I, I was so stoked to, you know, finally talk to you. I mean, I know we've – been back and forth but i appreciate you coming on and just thanks for all your insight and all your you know wise words well thank you for inviting me on and it's good to help you know other kids and other people understand you know hockey itself awesome well thanks dylan and enjoy the rest of your day all right you too welcome back to the show this great show, it's, it's been a long time since I've gotten to this point in recording a podcast, and so I'm happy to be here. I'm loving it. Benny's here. Um, just want to say there, there has been a couple. We, we have done a couple changes to Cup Talk. I mean, kind of like not real changes that would be noticeable to anybody, but changes on the back end. And hopefully it's you know a growing year for Welcome to Cup Talk. A lot of things in the works, a lot of good interviews. Um, getting booked up. It's going to be a great season with Cup Talk. You know, I mean, we're we're almost halfway through the NHL season. This is where, I mean, a year ago about is when we started this thing. And, I mean, it's grown, but hopefully this next year it just, you know, grows even more. And I still love doing it. Uh, you know, we got Benny here, you know, week some weeks, and Autumn will jump on here and there. And, yeah, it's going to be good going forward. And I think I, I want to do more of a panel kind of, you know, interviews and like stuff going forward, but we'll see what we can get. You know, everyone's got busy lives and Brooks, hopefully maybe I'll just put Brooks on the podcast. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, so jump into the NHL since it's not really, I mean, the world juniors men's got canceled in December. Well, the world junior, well, the worlds for the women's got canceled first and there was a lot of uproar about that. Um, then you have the World Juniors men's get canceled after one game, two games, whatever. That sucked. And then the USA or the NHL pulled out of the Olympics. Other news. So, I mean, what what's your thoughts on that? We can just talk about it. We haven't talked about this. On the Olympics? Yeah. You know... 
I'm, here's my opinion. I think the NHL should participate in the Olympics because it's the best in the world. It's the best of the best. On the other side, no, it always takes me back to the 1980, you know, Miracle Olympics where, you know, it was just a bunch of college kids and, you know, people like that. And it's like they were able to do it. So clearly it's an opportunity for upcoming talent to show the world that, you know, they are good and they are, you know, meant to be there. Sometimes I think people don't have that opportunity because that person that is, you know, if you're, if you're on a team where you're second best, you're always, you know, second in line. Sometimes you never get that opportunity to shine until you're in the number one spot. And so I think there's a lot of professional players that never reach the professional level because they never get that opportunity. Yeah, and I I totally agree, and I feel the same way. I I mean, it would have been nice to see, like, Matthews and all those guys, you know, jumping in and, you know, playing. And I guess we didn't – I mean, a lot of them were like, well, let's just send the – the World Juniors, you know, rosters back. And, I mean, we didn't get the World Juniors. So I think a lot of those kids that were supposed to be playing in the World Juniors will end up playing in the Olympics. I mean, I know if – I think the same thing that they had last time where if they can't have an NHL, like, contract, you know, to go and play. So you got a lot of these former, you know, NHL players that, you know, ended up going and, you know, some that just didn't make it into the NHL. But – I mean, last last Olympics it was the same kind of thing, but you got Ryan Donato, which ended up is ended up he plays in the NHL right now. Uh, pretty sure he plays for the Sharks right now. Um, you got Jordan Greenway that plays for the Minnesota Wild. Um, you got Troy Terry, which is killing it for the Ducks this year. So he was on the last Olympic team. So just like the you know the um, whatever you want to call it. Um, World Juniors, it's kind of an up-and-coming tournament. It's fun to see. I mean, I mean, anybody who puts on the sweater, the USA sweater, you're going to cheer for. So I'm still excited for the Olympics. I am bummed. But, I mean, I guess also getting trapped over there for five weeks possibly also sounds terrible, you know. And I think the NHL, I think they knew this could be a possibility because they basically opened up the entire month of February for game for no games because they yeah. knew they were going to do the Olympics in the last the later of the month and then they knew in the beginning of the month they were going to do the the fa- the fan <laughs> not the fan it's fan voting but the all-star game so they knew they were going to do the all-star game but I think the plan the backup plan was always to hey February let's give us a big cushion but still plan an all-star game because usually they don't do Olympics and all-star games in the same year in the past. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're going to, they plan to do both of them. So that to me was like a, uh, they're just going to do like the all-stars that don't go to the Olympics, like, you know, <laughs> or, you know, the other vice versa. And so it ends up being that. And also they can, they can do the all-star game and have a couple of day break for that. But they also have a big cushion where they can do a lot of these games that have been postponed. Cause I mean, every day there's postponed games, for the last month now. So um, hopefully February they can catch back up on a lot of those and, you know, go into March with a, a little bit better, you know, look out. Yeah. Look out on things. And then we'll get to the trade deadline and we can deal with that. And, 
you know, I mean, the NHL season, it's in the fun point. I mean, we're, we're seeing teams go up and down, teams that, you, you know, you thought maybe had a hot start and you thought they would cool off, and some of them did. I mean, Buffalo started out good, and now they're back down to where you thought they would be. But you got, like, teams like the Ducks that, you know, that you thought would be down and out, but they're still in it. They're still, you know, killing it. Um, <clears throat> you know, teams like Penguins that people thought maybe they wouldn't be in it this at this point, but they're actually, like, in it, and they're looking really good. And um, Brian Burke says that he thinks they can make another Stanley Cup run, so they're probably going to be buyers of the trade deadline instead of sellers like everyone thought. Washington Capitals, a lot of people were counting out, and they are they're right there, like, top in the league. Um, battling for that. I mean, you got Florida Panthers finally, you know. I mean, everyone said they're going to be the surprise team of the year. I feel like they say that every year. But, you know, you have them up there. You got Tampa Bay, which started out cold, and now they're they're hot again. Boston looks like they're playing back again. And But what? Arizona Coyotes. Dude, Arizona Coyotes sucks. But guess what? Arizona Coyotes also, Lexi said last night, she's like, the Leafs, just lost to the worst team in the NHL. <laughs> Whoa. Arizona Coyotes are not the worst team in the NHL. Montreal Canadiens, man. Oh, yeah. Talk about a team from going the top to the literally the bottom. They're like the reverse St. Louis Blues of 20, what was that, 2019? <laughs> yeah. They're the reverse of the 2019 Blues. They started out the season on top, you know, just coming off Stanley Cup. Um, finals and now they're the worst in the NHL. So, but they also I think have played a lot less games, or maybe they haven't really. But, <clears throat> but yeah, all I say is if Arizona Coyotes win, I'm gonna be a very happy guy. <laughs> if anyone gives you ten thousand one odds, you take it," <laughs> said Kevin Malone. Benny listened. He put some money on the Arizona Coyotes to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> It actually, I, I look back, it's not 10000 to 1, but it was a plus 20000 so it still wins me $2,000. Oh, hey, that's still good. That's still good. Hey, but the Ducks, though, it's like 800 so I'll 800 bucks? Yeah, I think so, actually. Dang, I wish I would have did a Ducks bet in the beginning of the season, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can run through these a little bit more. But, like, I just want to say, like, you know, the season, I mean, Edmonton, everyone thought they were running away. Let's just start with Edmonton, a team that looked hot starting this season, like red hot. And it was like, all right, the Oilers have arrived. And even though I've always said this, their goalie tandem is the worst in the league, it doesn't matter. They're going to score 60 goals, you know, every, <laughs> every week, and they're going to win their games by – you know, it's gonna they're gonna win them eight to seven, you know, six to five. It doesn't matter. They're gonna win because they got Connor McDavid and Drysdale, which are killing it. You got Connor McDavid on the top in the league in points, and you got Drysdale top in the league in goals. But talk about a team that's just gone cold. I mean, just terrible. Two, six, and two in their last ten. I think they're like I think they've won like three out of their last like 14 games or something or 13 games like Ugh. yeah they look terrible and you got like the coach calling out the goalie the goalie calling out the team and 
you know, and that could just be the, the coach being the coach and the goalie being the goalie, but, man, it just doesn't look good from the outside. And it looks like a team that everyone is like, eh, Stanley Cup, you know, favorites now to, I think they're, like, out of the playoffs. They might still be in the playoffs just by. Um, no, they're not. They're out of the wild card race. Like, just barely, though. They're just I mean, barely out of the wild card. A couple points. But still, a team that was leading that, you know, division and, and flip-flop, you got Vegas that started out so cold, you know, it was like, oh, no, Vegas is going to have their worst, you know, season and not make the playoffs potentially. And, you know, they got Jack Eichel in the trade, but he wasn't going to be ready. But looks like he should be ready really, real soon here. You know, he could be playing. I don't think it's tonight, but he could be playing soon is what they said. So, that's going to – we'll see how that goes. I mean, you had Fleury in his first game back to Chicago. That was fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you go to this Pacific Division, and two and three, you got Anaheim and L.A. Kings. Like, who guessed that? Like, who would have guessed that? And I thought – and I did in my pregame, in my preseason, I, I think I had both of them making it into the playoffs. But – or maybe I didn't have the Kings, but – yeah, so you have Ducks and Kings making it to the playoffs. And or as of right now, I mean, there's still a lot of season to play and a lot of things could pan out, you know. But San Jose is right behind him. Those three California teams were the three worst teams in that division last year. So yeah, to have them at two, three, and four, and Calgary, a lot of team, a team that a lot of people were riding off last year, like catching fire. Like, I mean, you're talking. I mean, from second to sixth in that division is um, like a six-point sway, you know, seven-point sway. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. And I mean, three to six is only, you know, those four teams are only three points apart. Yeah, the Ducks kind of have a little bit more of a lead, but, I mean, they have played a couple more games in the rest of the, the division, same with Vegas, so... You know, maybe when these games get played, it kind of shakes out a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that division, I mean, I totally saw it being totally different. And you got Vancouver down there at the bottom, which Bruce Boudreau coming in and winning, what, like eight games in a row? And they they just lost their first game with Boudreau, not last night, but the night before. First okay. game they've lost with him. And Bruce Boudreau, I I think, is one of the funnest coaches to watch. I think he's one of those guys. He he knows his hockey. He's been around. He's kind of an old-school guy, but he gets the guys, and he gets them to work hard. And he's kind of been thrown around the league. I mean, he was in Washington. That's kind of where he made a name for himself. Then he went to Anaheim, and then he went to Minnesota, but his teams have always been good. His teams have always like pretty much made the playoffs when he's been there. So, I mean, he's a successful coach, and he's going to go to Vancouver. I mean, they won like eight games straight, and that's freaking awesome to take a team that just looked terrible and do that with them. I think that's awesome. I think they they have a lot of ground to make up, but I think Vancouver pushes for one of those wild card spots this you know playoff season. Hey, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out in the end. And then old Perky Perk still let me know that you know he thinks Seattle Kraken's going to make the playoffs, but <laughs> I I don't. I I want to. I mean, do you think it's going to hurt them in the long run? This season wasn't as good as they were hoping, or do you think they're I mean, just going to ride that high for the next three years and hopefully in three years be making the playoffs? 
you know, I mean, from a fan point of view, somebody told me, and I, I don't, I, I just heard this from somebody that their season opener was record breaking ticket sales on the, the value of the ticket. Sales. Yeah. 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 Like it was the most expensive home opener, like averaged for ticket. The average price of the ticket was 700 and something. And I think before that, I think it was the the highest price for a ticket for any NHL game. Like even Stanley yeah. Cups. When I was looking to go, the cheapest ticket I could see was $800. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, I don't know if that's going to, I mean, next season, is it going to be half that? Or is it going to be like an eighth of that? <laughs> yeah. Or is it just like Seattle is just a, a supporting, you know, city and they just love their sports teams and they'll just, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I look at the Seahawks and it was like people were diehard fans even when their team sucked. I guess that's more than what you want from a, from a sports town is a team, a town that's around their team, even when they're bad. Cause I mean, we can kind of talk about the Arizona coyotes right now that might be kicked out of their building next year. And, Gary Bettman actually met with Quebec city. Um, I think today about it and they didn't make any, like, you know, he just said, we'll keep them on. We'll keep them on, you know, the line, you know, basically like it's a possible, it's a possibility. We're not saying yes. We're not saying no, we don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but we also, you know, it, what could be is maybe be. So you got that. And so you just never know what's, going to happen with your teams, but Arizona Coyotes, I mean, when they suck, the the stadium's empty. When they're good, the stadium's pretty much empty. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers. What are they, the best team in the league right now? And their game the other night looked like, like a Grizzly game, you know? Like, yeah, just not even that many people there. Like, we're talking, I mean, it was probably, probably when they, like, run the numbers, it's like, oh, there was 10,000 people there, but, like, you're in a 20,000 seat, you know, arena or 18 or whatever. It looks empty. Yeah, your percentage is not good. And you have a team that is, on most power rankings, number one. You have a team that's number one in the league and has made the playoffs for the last couple playoffs. Like, you got some superstars. You got people wanting to come play for you, but you cannot sell tickets. Like, come on, Florida. I love the Florida Panthers. But, like, it is an eyesore to watch those games and just see how empty that stadium is. And it's like, ooh. Like who's gonna even gonna really recognize them? Like they're they're doing as good as they are. Who's gonna cheer them on? Like why is not anyone there? But you know the I Jets. Said, the biggest news in the Florida Panthers recently, I heard from somebody else that somebody got caught doing the dirty deed in a suite. <laughs> no, it was he was it was just they were just grinding. He was getting grinded on. He like you. There's the video uh, from afar that looks like they're doing the dirty deed. But the rapper actually posted a video, like his own video from his side, and he, he was, I don't know his name, but he, uh, um, he Kodiak Jack, I don't know, but he he posted a video, and it, the the girls just like grinding on him, you know, and stuff, and I even you see his say like, okay, that's exactly what I saw from afar, but it looked a lot worse, and like he's like, there's just people standing around watching. That's the weirdest thing ever. Why would you do that? Like, but. But yeah, like I say, that's bigger news than the Florida Panthers being first in the NHL in, in the really, regular news. Yeah, it really is. So um, they got to do something. I mean, 
if Utah is growing into the city, it's, you know, becoming, and we're talking about getting an NFL team here. Well, I think NHL team should be in the talk too. Just bring the, you know, send the coyotes over to freaking Quebec. You can send them to the East and then you bring the Florida Panthers to Utah and bring them to the West. And we, we don't even have to change their logo or nothing. We'll just call them Cougars instead of Panthers. <laughs> The Utah Cougars. The Utah Cougars. I mean, I know there's BYU, or maybe we call them, I don't know, but whatever. I think I think we could do it, but yeah, you could change, they could keep their logo. I mean, we know for the, or like the Utah Big Cats or something. I don't know. You can call them whatever, because if you don't want to like, I guess BYU's not going to have the Cougars anymore here come to, soon for the uh, hockey team, so I guess we can have the Cougars. <laughs> Might as well. So, I mean. There's all there. We're running out of mascots. That's why you come up with stupid names like lightning and hurricane. And I guess hurricanes isn't that bad. Lightning's not that bad either, but the wind, (laughs) DC wind, (laughs) not even wind. Yeah. I think they got to add a little bit, but whatever the DC wind, it sounds so ferocious. (laughs) But yeah, so bring them here. Keep the keep their colors. Keep their whatever. I don't care. But yeah, that would be awesome. And just a city like Utah that just supports teams, just to support. Because no matter what, if Jazz are either the best in the league or the worst in the league, like yeah, like their attendance may drop a little bit if they suck. But there's still people at those games. Like there's still people going. Same well, the with, whole world is full. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, though. Like, I mean, you can get some cheap tickets, but, like, there's not, like, it's empty and you're just, you know, sitting by yourself in a whole section. So, but, so, yeah, that's what I feel about the Fort Panthers. But, yeah, so Arizona Coyotes, they could be being shipped off. We'll see. Actually, Mark's going to an Arizona Coyotes game this weekend. Oh. Mark's going to Arizona. I don't know what day he's leaving, but he'll be there this weekend. He's going to the Canadians game on Monday. So, oh, okay. so they're going out to Arizona to see, and he probably won't have a hard time finding a ticket. <laughs> hey, only got the two worst against playing against. That, that is the bad basement battle, battle of the basement. They call it the toilet bowl or something. It's usually what they call it, but yeah. So, um, but I mean that 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 division. It's I thought Chicago was going to be better than they have been. I thought so too. And I, I, there was a story the other day about Patrick Kane, how he said this season has been frustrating because not only are they losing, but he's not scoring. Where last year, you know, they didn't make the playoffs, but he was still scoring a lot of goals. But So he's a little bit frustrated. Winnipeg is definitely not where I saw them being. Um, Dallas is exactly where I saw them being, like right outside the playoffs, <laughs> looking mm-hmm. in. So and Minnesota, they started, I mean, what are they? I mean, they're only six points away from first, and they're three point four points away from no three points away from second, which you know I could be they could be in first next week or second next week, but um, yeah, I didn't see that coming you know out of the the gates. But Minnesota's doing well. I think they're just a solid team that just wants to win, and they have a they have a city that likes hockey. I mean, they had the we had the Winter Classic there a couple weeks ago, which was. A blast to watch. It was the coldest winter classic ever. Negative six. It felt like yeah. negative twenty four or something. So, yeah. I mean, that was 
that was fun to watch. Speaking of New Year's Eve, that was a that was we'll talk about we'll talk about that after all this. <laughs> but but yeah, so um, St. Louis though, St. Louis is a lot higher up than I thought they would be. And I know you're always on that Blues bandwagon, you know, <laughs> cheering those guys hey, on. Bandwagon. I've been a Blues fan for a while. <laughs> ben does Come actually on. own a lot of Blues merch, you know. <laughs> hey, first Blues merch was bought at a Savers in Seattle on my mission over ten years ago. It's your it's your uh, Thanksgiving wear. It's your, That's right. It's your turkey every, bowl wear. I wear it every turkey bowl without fail. Yeah. And then Colorado, I mean, that's, I mean, they should be in first, but they're hot right at the right time. They're eight, one and one in their last 10. And so they're getting hot right there at the end of the season. That's awesome. Uh, but Nashville, Nashville's the surprise in that division. That's the biggest. I, I agree with you on that. Nashville is the big surprise. I thought for sure Nashville would be one of those teams that's like, they're not terrible, but like you thought they would be about where the, where the stars are, you know, and like they're gonna like make that decision, like okay, is it time to tear down the team and just you know get rid of Philip Forsberg and the other guys and you know move on and just ride it with their captain Yossi and you know keep Saros on to stop some good pucks, but yeah, and then I mean they also are eight one and one in their last ten and they're on a freaking five game win streak. So Predators are hot. And I thought they went they went on a hot streak and I thought they had cooled down. But they're still hot. They're going. They're in that first spot in that division. Um jump up to the Atlantic. I mean that, that top three's pretty much been solid and solidified since day one. I know Tampa Bay wasn't like in the top to start out, but we all knew they were gonna get there and We'll just see at the end of the season who's on top. It's Florida, Tampa, or Toronto, and I'm I'm thinking now that Boston gets in with a wild card. I I wasn't gonna, I didn't think they would make it, and they just signed Tuka Rask tonight. I think it will be his debut, is what he's saying. Is he'll play tonight? And he made a joke a couple weeks ago about he was he would said he'd come back on a friendly deal as long as there was an, enough Bud Light, you know, involved. And like <laughs> Bud Light, like signed him to like a huge like endorsement deal, and so he he made good on his word. <laughs> He'd come back for an eat. I mean, he's getting paid one million and a bunch of Bud Light basically to come play for the Bruins. So I think that pushes them up in that contender spot. And then the Metropolitan. I mean, that's a it's a division that you know anybody could be good, anyone could be bad. I mean, Islanders are definitely the upset in that division so far, being down there at the bottom when everyone thought they could, you know, win this division, if not be in the Stanley Cup finals, and if not win the Stanley Cup. So, New Jersey. I thought thought the Blue Jackets in Philadelphia would have been better. Yeah, and I thought that too, but the Blue Jackets are just that team that they're kind of like the Coyotes where, like, no matter what stars you got there, they always just walk for another team. And so... I feel like that's how Columbus is, is like no matter how good they are, you know, like Duchesne and Bob Roski are like, hey, that was fun beating the, you know, the the record tying for wins, you know, Tampa Bay team in four, but we're we're piecing out. <laughs> yeah. We get out yeah. something special and then you got Tortorella is just like, yeah, I'm I'm just done. I'm just done. And I think they the, the writing's on the wall that they're just never gonna be a great team. They're always just going to be a good team. And that sucks for the fans there because they have loyal fans in Columbus. They're not a team that 
the fans don't show up. Their team, the fans show up. They're there. It's packed. And they seem like a lot of fun to watch, but I get it. They just, they're always just okay. So, and then, like we said, that's Pittsburgh. What? I said that's a terrible place to be because, in my opinion, once you're there, it's hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and then the Flyers, yeah, you know, they're they're hot one week, they're not the next. They're hot one week, you know, they take two weeks off. And so just a team that you just don't know if they're going to be great, good. Um, so we'll see where they're, they're at the end of the season. I hope they get in. hope uh, Coach Yo can uh, turn around that ship and get them back in the playoffs. And, yeah, and Washington, Rangers, and Carolina, they pretty much – have that top couple spots kind of they just kind of flip-flop every every other week who's on top who's on bottom you know kind of same in the Atlantic so um I think they're looking good I think Ovechkin I go back to our original I mean it's just not totally indicative of it but it's like whatever teams are plus in the goal differential and whatever teams are in the minus <laughs> always usually make the playoffs versus not I, I'm pretty sure I mean, if I look at it, I bet pretty much if you're positive, you're in. And, yep, right right there. Every team that's negative in the East is out of the playoffs. Every team that's a positive is in. And going to the West, it's a lot different in the West. There actually is a couple positive teams that are looking out. There's just a lot more positive goal differential teams in the in the West. And, and San Jose happens to be one of the ones that's a negative that's actually in the spot right now. But... I don't see them making the playoffs. I see it going to Calgary probably. Oh, so, for sure. Or, you know, like Edmonton or Dallas that can it maybe catch hot right at the last end of the season. So, yeah, a lot of fun things coming in the NHL. Um, I mean, I was going to say the the stat leaders. I mean, you got Connor McDavid and Drystyle leading in points. And, I mean, Ovechkin and Kadri Ka- right behind him. In points, though. So, Kadri's having a freaking heck of a season. And Ovechkin is just, he's scoring on both sides. Usually he's just leading in the goals, which right now, goals, he's in second, tied for second. And Leon Dreistel does have a two-point, two-goal lead on him. And I think he'll catch fire again. But surprising on the goals. I mean, it's not surprising that Austin Matthews is in third, but it's surprising that he has climbed this fast because he started out really cold. It's like he not only didn't play for the first like week, two weeks of the season, but then he just wasn't scoring goals and and he like I think like a month in he had like two or three goals and then he's just kind of caught fire and just scored goals. So he's climbed that list and he's climbed it fast. And I would bet at the end of the season that he's on top of it. I mean, I'd love to see Ovechkin get another Rocket Richard, but hey, I'd love even more if Austin Matthews got that Rocket Richard. So um super stoked for that. And I think I mean, talking about Ovechkin, I just wanna like like dude, this is a guy that when is done playing and in ten years, people are gonna say, Man, did you see Ovechkin? Man, do you remember watching Ovechkin play? Because dude, he plays hard every night. And he's only getting older, and everyone says he's slowing down. And you watch these games, and he always seems to be right there where the puck is at. He's always on the play. He's always hitting. He's back-checking. You know, he just seems to be where everything is happening for that team. And so I think he's just a player that's just awesome to watch. And 
just every time you watch him and just be thankful when you're watching and that you're, you're witnessing history, you know, happening. It's kind of like when you watched Martin Brodeur or Patrick Waugh back in the day play, like you almost felt like, you know, whether you were an Avalanche fan or a Devils fan or hated him, vice versa, but like you felt like you were watching a player that, you know, one day everyone's going to be like, hey, he was, he was a great one. You should have seen him play. So, you know, I think that's Ovechkin. I think it's Crosby, you know, also as much as I don't like Crosby, but I think it's the same thing. You watch him, it just he just makes stuff happen. So, and of course there's the younger ones too that are also going to be those players. I mean, you I mean, if you ask anyone top 3 best players in the league, McKinnon's name is always up there. I mean, whether it's McDavid, Drysdale, McKinnon or Drysdale, McDavid, you know, McKinnon, know. <laughs> but you know, Matthews in there. But it's always those guys, and those guys are the future. But, I mean, those guys have a long hit, you know, career ahead of them. It's the Crosbys, the Ovechkins, you know, those guys that are at the tail end of their – you know, make sure you're watching those games. I mean, even though Stamkos, I mean, sitting at his spot, you know, it's not as quite as deadly as Ovechkin is, but Stamkos also likes to score a lot of goals and stuff, and he's, he's a fun one to watch. And well, here, Here's my opinion on that, like, they talk about the best players in the NHL, like McDavid and McKinnon and all those guys. But I also look at it it's like, like that's great. They're in the prime. Govetchkin, Crosby, Santos, like they're at the tail end of their career and to be putting up those numbers consistently every year and even at the tail end of your career, that is what is, in my opinion, is a historical moment. Yeah. You can always have a young put up points, but to have an older seasoned veteran putting up points, that. It was something to see. And I guess what uh, was the last five Stanley Cup winners? If you if you take the last six Stanley Cup winners, one of those three people has been on it, except for when the Blues won it. So, I mean, because last year and the year before that, the Lightning won it, and Stamkos was on those teams. And then the year before that, it was the Blues. The year before that, it was Ovechkin and the Capitals. And then the two years before that, it's Crosby and the Penguins. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, these guys are done. These guys are old. Don't count them out, you know. So um, I'd love to see. I don't want to see Stamkos win another Stanley Cup. He's won two in a row, so he's done. <laughs> and, you know, Crosby's won three. So, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just being biased by team here. but yeah. Go Avs. Go. I, you know, I mean, it could be Avs, Leafs, you know. But... I don't know. I don't know if they got the grit. Hey, I'm sticking with my original. Panthers. Abs, Panthers, Abs, Sweet. Yeah, I, I would love Abs, Leafs um, a lot. I think Panthers lose second round of the playoffs at best. I mean, I, they have not won. The Panthers have not won a playoff round since their um, 96 run. Yikes. Yeah, and that is the only year they have ever won a playoff series, actually. So, I mean, you talk about the Leafs being bad in the first round. Dude, the Panthers have been terrible in the first round. I mean, granted, the, the Leafs have been pretty bad in the first round. but <laughs> So the two teams I wanted to go in the East, you know, they're, they're not looking so hot in the historical books. But, I mean, that's the NHL season. That's why we watch. That's why we stay tuned. And, yeah, I mean, that's really all I had on the NHL. Is there anything else you want to talk about in the NHL? No, that's basically it. 
Um, I did want to like mention, we kind of like we're talking about the winter classic and stuff and New Year's Eve, but dude, talk about our winter classic. <laughs> Benny, Benny, weren't you on that? Weren't you on the only team that won? We, so we did our winter classic over at Mark's house on the backyard rink, which we always do every year. And dude, this year was good. That was some good ice. It was, it was some good ice, but weren't you on the only team that won three games in a row? No, I was not. That was oh, Mason. It was Mason, Bryson, and 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 a uh, Kai. That was the yeah. goal. That was the the stack team. <laughs> you you that were com- on. It was you. It was me, Lexi, and Cash. Oh yeah, you Lexi and Cash. So Cash, I thought was gonna just whack me in the face of the stick every time we got the puck, but <laughs> we all ended up with our teeth. Felt pretty happy. I was Lexi's top pick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was true. You, she got, she got the, the, the last of the four and, um, she, you got picked before I did, didn't you? Or no? Yeah. Well, I don't know, actually. No, I think but, I got, I think I got picked before you. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, uh, the little guy, he chose you cause he knew you. Oh yeah. But he chose, yeah. And then he chose his dad. So it was me, Tyson and, and uh, Nixon, so that was a that yeah. was a blast. I mean, we had a fun night the night before. We had a little New Year's Eve skills competition, and you know that's always fun. And the I think it was the night before that. I was I was trying to break sixty on the shot clock, which really isn't that fast at Mark's house. And dude, I love that branches stick that he that he has back there that he found the di, and I broke it trying to shoot no. hard. Yeah, dude, I was pissed. <laughs> I'm gonna say, Mark admitted that he he took some of my street sticks. So, well, they're they're getting used, you know. They're 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 getting to good use. <clears throat> and that's all right. I'd rather have them get used than than not used. But I definitely just want to keep all the broken ones. <laughs> Speaking of broken sticks, at our at our game last week when that kid broke his stick, I really thought you were going to skate over there and just grab it and take it to our bench. <laughs> I was tempted. I was tempted to just swoop in and just take it. He probably, he didn't seem like he cared too much. He probably would have given it to you. He probably wouldn't have cared one bit, but yeah. So, all right, Benny, it's been a fun episode. It's been a long episode. It's, it's, it's good to be back. So, Always good to be back with a little cup talk. All right. Well, you guys all enjoy your weeks, weekend, and we'll see you back next week. Adios.